raise a couple more to the revolution. We have only three words for you. Uh-oh. We're taking over. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Q Zero Theater Cast. This is your host, Artistic Director Dan Pelletier, here hot off the heels of our Season 3 opener, Deadly. I just want to thank everybody that was able to come out and support the show. It was an incredible success artistically, uh, financially, uh, very fulfilling for both cast members and audience members alike. Just the reception to it was Overwhelming in ways that we don't normally see with a lot of pieces of theater, and with it being a very uh, personal piece, a very different kind of theater, with it being 100% movement-based. Um, and I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to just what you know theater can be, being something very different, uh, as well as you know speaking to them on a personal level, uh, you know, whether you know, giving them a new way to think about the way they might perceive people or perceive their own problems, as well as hopefully inspiring them a little bit with uh, an uplifting message of, you know, that we really need each other and and need other people. So once again, I want to thank everybody uh, involved in the show, as well as a huge shout out to director Crystal Welsh. I hope you are uh, incredibly proud of your work because you certainly deserved uh, those standing ovations we received after every show. And uh, hopefully we'll have Crystal on the podcast very soon to kind of do a uh, public post-mortem of the show where we'll break down, you know, how it went, what she took away, what she learned, and, um, you know, maybe help help inspire some more artists that might want to be doing similar work, uh, as well as, you know, really anybody that wants a peek behind the curtain into exactly how theater, uh, and especially theater like that, is made. But that's not the main focus of this particular episode of the podcast. Instead, you know, I was thinking back to our last two shows that we put together, uh, I mean, our last two major productions that we did an audition primer, and a lot of people told me they found that very helpful. So, with my own uh, Macbeth auditions on the horizon, I just wanted to take an opportunity to kind of talk about my vision for the show, uh, you know, and hopefully entice as many of you out there into auditioning, because... You know, this is a show you're going to want to be a part of. This is not um, your typical production of Macbeth. Not that I'm saying we're doing anything crazy, um, so out there avant-garde. But we are leaning into the supernatural elements with it. And we are also really trying to put Lady Macbeth at the forefront of the action, which I do believe the text lends itself to. Um, so if you haven't seen anything regarding, you know, kind of the direction I'm going with the Macbeth, um, this might be... Uh, some revelations for you, and hopefully it piques your interest. And if you have been kind of following along, hopefully I can clear up any confusion or misconceptions you might have and um, you know, get you even more excited to come out and audition next week. So I think everybody, or at least on some level, is familiar with the one William Shakespeare, The Bard. And one of, uh, to me, one of his best works. It's actually his shortest tragedy. Only three of his other plays are shorter, uh, and those are all comedies, Macbeth, uh, you know, plays set in Scotland. Uh, wow, I'm pretty terrible at accents. I should probably not try to do them, especially on the fly. But anyways, um, 
dealing with a mighty warrior who is told by three supernatural witches that he is destined to become king, and that catapults him into a plot where he murders the king and takes over the kingdom and then has to protect his throne and murder friends and enemies alike as he and his wife, uh, who is very much in on it, uh, descend into madness. And it really just kind of looks at... A huge number of topics that I think was well beyond its time for a play that might not necessarily have been trying to deal with these topics. Um, but uh, there's just so much in there regarding like gender and identity and, uh, you know, fate versus the things we propel into ourselves and all that. And I think above all, the thing that really sticks with people is, you know, the weird sisters, the three witches, um, one of the most famous things in all of drama and literature are these crazy witches. Um, and one of the most sought after roles by many a female performer is also Lady Macbeth. Um, and as I said, I think the text lends itself and you can really see in the play that a lot of the action just on its own is propelled by her ambitions over Macbeth's ambitions. And when the play starts, Macbeth is very wishy-washy and uncertain of the path he should take, whereas his wife is very decisive and pushing to action. And that really spoke to me. Um, and while I was teaching this play last year with some of my students, this idea happened upon me that, you know, maybe you could go one step further and really make Lady Macbeth the true driving force behind everything that sets this play in motion. Um, so I, I sat down with the text and I really was able to bring out these things without changing too much, you know, just making some minor cuts um, and maybe adding in some, um, you know, silent sequences or dumb sequences as they would be called, dumb being in, you know, that we're not speaking, uh, mimed, if you will, that what if Lady Macbeth was one of those three witches? And not only that, what if she was actually in control of all the other two witches. So I've kind of come up with this concept where Lady Macbeth has come across a book of dark magic that she doesn't really know what it is, but she's figured out a way to use it, and she summons these other two witches, and she uses all of these dark powers to help her husband uh, defeat the invading Norwegians at the top of the play before you know we really get there, and she's actually propelling all this action, and the prophecy they give is more her just trying to will it into existence, that she has told her husband that you know if he takes these actions, he will be king because she's the power-hungry one, and she really really wants these things. And then as the play progresses, her descent into madness is not just the guilt over the murder of the king and all of the bloodshed, but it is also the fallout of using this incredibly powerful dark necromancy that she just had no idea how to use it in a way that wouldn't you know, destroy her. So we'll be playing with that concept a lot, just a lot of this... You know, really bringing out the paranormal because I've uh, I've been obsessed. Obsessed might be a strong word, but I've always had a uh, yeah. Let's call it an obsession. I've always had this like obsession with the paranormal and you know uh, spirits and ghosts and 
anything like that. I mean, my favorite movie is Ghostbusters. Not that that's necessarily like a super serious paranormal type thing, but just, you know, uh, anything with like magic and um, especially dark magic that we know we shouldn't be using and how that can corrupt. Um, it's just really always been an intriguing subject to me. So to finally be able to work on a piece that I get to bring that out is just, you know, a, a dream come true. And then on top of that, you know, it's got, you know, the incredibly complex Shakespeare plot and wonderfully developed characters. And I think there's roles for so many different types of actors in this show. So, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm not really sure what I would play. I'm like, trust me, come out for this. Um, I will find a way to use any and all talented actors that come out. You know, I want to try to, you know, uh, get many people involved. I mean, one of our missions with Q0 is that we always want to be working with new people and new artists and trying to find ways to, um, you know, put ourselves outside of our comfort zones. There's also going to be a ton of stage combat and fighting and blood and gore and all that great stuff. So if anything like that really gets you excited, whether you are a combat master or you've never... Want uh, never had the opportunity to, but have been dying to you know get involved with some sort of combat piece. This is going to be the show for you. We are going to be having swords and daggers and rapiers and fist fights and found object fights and just all of these different things that are going to lead to some really action packed sequences uh, surrounded by this really powerful text. And, um, so yeah, and I know some people. You know, we'll go there like, ah, oh, I'm just, a, I'm a little intimidated by the Shakespearean language, which I think is a common doubt. I mean, I teach a whole class on how to not be intimidated by Shakespeare um, from an acting perspective. And that's one thing that we are going to do with this piece. Um, you know, we're going to start with a lot of text heavy work, which I think you should do on any piece really, but especially Shakespeare. And in no matter what, uh, level of theater you're doing you really should start with your Shakespeare with a good solid discussion of the text and making sure that we all have a very shared understanding of exactly what is being said in every moment and what is happening most importantly um, because you know theater is all about action actors act action it's about what is happening in the relationships between these characters and developing these things so you know we will start with making sure that everybody knows what every word that is coming out of their mouth means and what it how it relates to what they are doing and everything like that. So I will get you through whether you have you know not touched Shakespeare since high school or maybe you even skipped over reading it in high school and just pretended to read it or if you were the most seasoned Shakespearean performer, I want to work with you and again I want to go on that journey together to really find the nuance in these characters and, uh, you know, also take away the uh, mystification, I guess, is probably not the right word, but just like this fear that the language puts into people. I've been trying to emphasize to a lot of my actor friends that maybe haven't done Shakespeare that I'm like, no, it's just all about uh, knowing how to use your punctuation and making sure you understand the words that are coming out of your mouth and just pause when you're supposed to pause and uh, keep going when you're supposed to keep going. And the language does a lot of the work for you. Um, so I think, you know, that's one of the questions that I've had from some people. 
Um, as I said, I think there's roles in this for everybody. You know, we've got, um, and all, the other thing is, you know, technically, you know, traditionally it is a men-heavy piece, but I really think there's maybe only a handful of characters that absolutely have to be played by men or even played as male. Um, so, you know, there, there's tons of roles that we can, you know, uh, gender swap or, uh, you know, have played uh, in... I don't know if drag is actually the right word I should be using, but, you know, that's that's kind of the way you could kind of look at it. So, you know, we've got plenty of that. And again, you know, if you have any um, sort of acting experience, I know some people might also be intimidated by, like, the two contrasting monologues. Or I get a lot of questions about that when I say two contrasting monologues. People automatically assume I mean, like, oh, you want me to come in with something funny and you want me to come in with something serious. And I try to say, no, that's not necessarily true. What I'm really looking for is that I want you to show me what you believe are your two acting extremes, like the two things that are diametrically opposed but what you bring to the table. Really show me your range. What can you do as an actor? Because I want to know just... I want to know just what is like the range that you can perform and how I can use you as an actor. So really just show me what you bring to the table. Um, and, you know, if this is a little short notice to get, you know, two to four minutes of Shakespeare memorized, I'd rather you come in with the paper in your hand and come act your ass off than to be, you know, really just caught up in the words and whatnot. Because, again, we've got... Uh, you know, a couple months for you to get memorized with your parts and whatnot. And I can, again, I uh, something I do teach is memorization techniques, and that's something I'm willing to help you. I mean, yes, it is ultimately up to you, the performer, to learn your lines, but I want to make sure that I put you in a you know situation to succeed. So please don't be intimidated by the audition requirements. And heck, if you come in and you've only got one monologue memorized, I'm not going to penalize you too much for that. Again, I'm just trying to put you into a situation by... Uh, you know, asking for material that is, again, it's going to show me your range, show me what you bring to the table. So by asking for those two contrasting monologues, I'm really trying to help you um, impress me because that's ultimately what your goal is should be during an audition. Show me the best version of you as an actor. Show me what you bring to the table. Um, so it's going to be a very, um, you know, open and uh, positive process. You know, as I said, we will start with a lot of text work, so there might even be some rehearsals over Zoom, especially with gas prices skyrocketing this week. Um, it, it, we don't necessarily need to be meeting in person to be doing some sit-down and table work and discussion. I do think we finally got to a place where the video technology, it's like the one good thing that's come out of COVID is that our uh, video software and streaming and all the things like that have suddenly been just thrust into being high quality. So we can start with a lot of that. Um, and then we'll be doing a lot of team building, ensemble building. Um, and even though this show might not necessarily have a lot of intimacy, I still think we'll do a lot of uh, consent work and really working together to make sure that we're all fully comfortable with each other because there will be a lot of physicality, whether you want to call it intimacy or the combat or just the relationships between these characters. I think there are very physical natures to a lot of the relationships. So I just want to make sure that everybody in the room uh, is comfortable with each other and knows that their boundaries will always be respected and that we are building a re rehearsal environment that is, um, as it was once put to me, um, a safe place to do some unsafe things in the sense that, you know, we're going to be very emotionally vulnerable. We're going to be 
uh, creating stage combat. Again, but we want to go make sure we're creating that stage combat in a safe manner. We want to make sure we're creating any moments of intimacy in a safe manner that everybody is comfortable with. Um, so that's you know one of the big things that will be coming out of this. Um, so again, I think my just big point is I hope you know all of you out there are excited for this really dark, uh, but I think dark but intriguing take on this classic piece. And it's really going to be something that I think will resonate with audiences and actors alike. Um, you know, it's it's really opening up opportunities to um, explore some maybe modern things. As I said, I think gender is a huge thing in this play. If you look at it traditionally, um, you know, they at the time, decisiveness was viewed as a masculine quality and femininity uh, was associated with indecisiveness. Well, and at the top of the play, you have Macbeth as this very in indecisive character, which, you know, especially coming off the battlefield, you're like, well, that's not a quality a soldier, a general, the thane of Cawdor should have. As, at the same time, his wife, who you would think would be feminine, is very decisive and bold in her action. But then as they start to fall into the traditional gender roles, they that's when they start to lose control of who they were by, you know, almost being forced to kowtow to a societal expectation. Now, again, is that necessarily something we're going to really lay on thick? No, but I do think it's an interesting thing to examine. So by being able to put this woman in the driver's seat and really making it about her her want for power that she manifests through her husband, she is the master manipulator and chess player um, rather than him, and then just kind of how that spins out of control as well as really playing with both of them being people that are power-hungry and letting that feed into their madness and then their guilt is everything builds and builds and builds and then eventually spoiler warning goes to absolute shit and if you have any further questions concerns things you want to know more about i have an open uh door policy when it comes to email just send me questions right away cztheater at gmail.com um and if you can't make it in person we are of course we are accepting video submissions um, again, if you're, if there's anything that's worried about it, I, I want to hear from you. I guarantee you, I can quell those fears and get you excited to be a part of this piece. So please, please, please actors, um, of all ages and experiences, come on out. And again, but maybe, and even if we do discover there might not be a role for you in this show, but at least I get to see the, the talent you have and I can think of you for future projects. Or, and then you also get an audition under your belt and it's an opportunity for you to improve as an artist. You should always be looking for those opportunities. Never skip an audition. Always go uh, to these things because, again, you need the experience and uh, it, it can do nothing but good things can come from an audition. I fir uh, firmly and fully believe that. And now you might be asking yourself, Dan, you haven't really said much about what you're looking for in your actors, and that's something you had your other guests talk about. So let me just say, you know, what am I looking for in my actors? I'm looking for actors with a strong fearlessness, actors that are going to come out and just rock my world when it comes to just stage presence and a willingness to try new things and that they're going to be able to have some you know, versatility as well as, you know, looking for that all important chemistry between performers. So I just need actors that uh, I'm looking for really gritty actors. I think specifically with this show more than anything, just actors that are not going to be afraid of a little dirt and blood and that are going to be willing to kind of find that inner darkness and bring it out. 
And as I said, of course, in a safe way. Um, so, you know, if, if that's your calling, if you think you can give me a lot of visceral performance and a lot of just, you know, instinctual, primal, animalistic acting, this is the show for you. Uh, so, yeah, as I said, we've got, um, you know, I'm, I'm recording this right now just outside of a Puffs rehearsal. Puffs is f- going to be the smash hit of the uh, early spring there. I guess it, actually by that point it's late spring. Smash hit of late spring. Um, you are not going to want to miss this show. We have such a funny, talented, versatile cast that are going to just blow your minds with this uh Parody of a certain school of magic and magic, as we are uh, legally obligated to call it. Um, and then Macbeth, and then maybe uh, maybe there might be some other surprises along the way coming up this summer. Can't, you know, don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but be on the lookout for major announcements. Um, and again, as things start to open up, please, everybody, not just Q0, get out and support your local theater. Go find what your community theaters are performing. Everybody's just starting getting back up. Go see a show. I mean, a lot of people still are also offering streaming options, so try to take those in. And let's really get the art restarted here and get, you know, out and start building that community again. I mean, I think that was the number one thing we hoped you took away from Deadly was that, you know, in our times of trouble, we need people. And I think there's no better community builder and something that can unite people than the theater, uh, whether it's comedy, tragedy, uh, satire, uh, things to make you think, things to make you feel, or just, again, things to make you laugh. Um, I know that there is so much great theater going on, both in our immediate area and across the country right now. So, again, as things open up, please get out there, support your local artist. It'll be good for you, it'll be good for them, and it'll be good for the community. Um, so, you know, I just gotta, you know, uh, pay the bills here. So I just want to make sure I thank once again, all of our sponsors and supporters, uh, our members. And if you want to become a member, make sure you head over to cztheater.com and check out our Patreon. There's lots of great perks there and you can become a member, uh, for, you know, I think as low as like uh, a dollar or something like that. You can at least, you know, support us or maybe a little bit more and you can get a little bit more bang for your buck. Um, but specifically our our benefactor-level members, Cassandra Durand, Joey Martin, and Lori Pelletier, as well as our season's lead sponsor, the Granite State Arts Academy, uh, public charter high school. And again, if you've got any uh, high school-age kids out there that want an incredible arts-based education uh, with some wonderful educators and small class sizes which means you get so much more individualized attention and a big emphasis on the arts we have theater we have dance we have photography we have every sort of visual art we have music um on top of you know getting those core academics out of the way granite state arts academy is the place for you you don't take my word for it head over give us a google um, you, this is a school that, you know, I think so many people, when I talk to them about the school, uh, that are adults go, I wish I knew there was a, pl- or there was a place like this growing up because I would have fit in and been so much more successful in a place like this. So again, if you know anybody, uh, that's looking for an alternative, uh, to their current school, or again, just wants that more arts-based education and knows that the arts are very important to them, whether they're going into them professionally or not. Check out the Granite State Arts Academy right here in good old Salem, New Hampshire. All right, I've rambled on long enough. I mean, I know this is a mini episode, but still, I feel like 
Uh, you've heard enough of my voice. Please come out. Sign up for auditions for Macbeth over at cztheater.com. Click Get Involved or click Shows and then click on Macbeth. Uh, one final time, this is artistic director Dan Pelletier. And as we always say, support local theater and join the revolution. <laughs> <laughs>